What's up, everybody? It's the Power Rankings Podcast, a.k.a. the Power Rankings Show. I'm your host, Elliot Harrison, and I am pleased to be joined, as always, with the one and the only, the nice-looking, wearing a $3 undershirt, at Marcus underscore Mosher. Hello, sir. Just one of those weird temperatures in my house where, like, it's it's a little too hot for a hoodie, but uh, a short sleeve t-shirt, I'm a little cold, so... Is the undershirt discolored because you've had it since 2003 or is oh, it's it because probably, it's, it's probably my camera because I always make sure I have a nice little fake tan on. I know that so makes exactly it, it makes it look a little yellow, but that's, yeah. that's probably it. I don't look as pale as normal. Um, it's also probably a little bit yellow cause I've had it for a while. So yeah, you know, you get like those white t-shirts that get a little sweaty after a while. By the way, I think, you know, it's funny and I've said this like three times, but I think I've finally figured out my audio issues on this podcast. I discovered that I had a short in the adapter that I've been using because you use a USB for the mic connection. Yep. And there was, so that's why people have heard me go in and out and in and out and are, I really apologize for that. I didn't know what the problem was until we had that last podcast with Brinks it was really obvious, and so hopefully we won't have any of that today. Let me make sure everything's yeah. beautiful here. Um, we had a game tonight. Uh, it was, I guess, better. I thought I, it was entertaining. Okay. Yeah. Um, I say I guess better because I wouldn't call tonight's game. Or it wasn't really much of an exciting finish. It was anticlimactic. That doesn't mean it was a bad game. Um, it just once – once Kenyon Drake went for 52 on that run with about, what, 3.30 to go, 4.30 to go. It felt like it was over. Yeah, which was weird because I think he only had like, I want to say 13 yards on 11 carries before that run. Am I wrong about that? And then, uh, six carries for 22 yards before that. He had that many carries? I mean, he had that few carries before yep. that? Yeah. I thought he had more than that. Either way. They, they gave some carries to Justice Hill. Gus right. Edwards got 11. Uh, Edwards left the game, though. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of, uh, Mark Andrews, how concerned are you? Not too concerned. I think he'll be fine. They've got, I think, one game coming up in a bye. Wouldn't be surprised if uh, they held him out for that one. Boy, but if any team could claim their tight end as their offense. I know the Bucks fans have been saying, a lot of analysts have been saying, you know, the Bucks miss Rob Gronkowski. Can you imagine the Ravens without Mark Andrews no, for half the season? They'd yeah. be in trouble. Uh, that leads me to asking you, uh, Isaiah likely fourth round pick this year, fifth Did round you? pick by the Ravens. Fifth they actually, pick. they actually actually drafted a, another tight end on day three over him, Charlie Kohler. Um, and they had, they, they had no plans of drafting Isaiah likely after drafting a tight end, but the guy that they wanted Calvin Austin ended up getting picked one pick ahead of them. So they just took the highest graded guy on their board happened to be Isaiah likely. Now, I know I remember talking to you on the phone one night and I asked you what you were doing and you had a friend over. And I, I swear this is what Marcus said. This was way back in like, I don't know, it was probably like March. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was probably playing like D&D with my friends or something. Marcus was watching day three tight ends mm-hmm. with a friend. Was Isaiah Likely of Coastal Carolina? He, he, one of those he guys? Abs- he absolutely was one of the guys that we were watching, and we really liked him. Um, he was just—he's one of these guys that really good after the catch, just gets open, but tested so poorly at the combine, it dropped him from a potential second-round pick to somebody that went late on day three. What quarterback of the modern era 
started several games in like 2008 or nine played at coastal Carolina. Mm. Come on. No. Oh, I can feel, I see you going to the keyboard. I, I, I don't know. Kansas city chief quarterback. I believe it wasn't Matt Moore. Was it? No. Come on. I'm, I'm not letting you get off this easy. It's not to my guy, Tyler Palco. Tyler no, it's not your guy. It's not your guy. Tyler Palco. Keep going. Uh, Kansas City Chief quarterback, I'm almost sure of it. It wasn't Tyler Thigpen? Tyler Thigpen, I'm okay. pretty sure. Went to, okay. But, hey, I will check it out. I will confirm. You are much – Marcus is so much better than I am at where did they go to school. He's that guy. You, you might have got me on this one, though. That's that's a good pull. I like that. Yeah, Tyler Thigpen, Coastal Carolina. Uh, I think he played in 08, 09, but let me look that up. I'm looking him up right now. Uh, 2008. He started 11 games. He went 1-10. and 10. Uh, This was right before they got um, your buddy to coach him to the Todd playoff. Todd Haley. Todd Haley, correct. Former Cowboys assistant, Todd Haley. Former Jets assistant, Todd? No, Cardinals assistant, Todd Friend Haley. Friend of the show, Todd Haley. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Uh, Tyler Thigpen, just because, look, how many Coastal Carolina studs have there been in the NFL? Uh, Tyler Thigpen, 18 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, uh, but went 1-10 as a starter for the 2008 Chiefs. 2009, he split time between Kansas City and Miami. Mm -hmm. With Miami, he started a game in 2010. Um, Man, threw for 435 yards, but I don't think it was all in that one game. He also played for Buffalo. Yeah, can you name uh, some other Coastal Carolina players that have had success in the NFL? Oh, isn't there a receiver that I'm not thinking of? There was a receiver, yes. Um, Very famous for one certain touchdown that he had during his career. Uh, Cincinnati. Just, just hang on. Just hang on. Um, no, he went to Pitt. Uh, I was the first. You said Cincinnati had a touchdown. I, th- I thought Tyler Boyd against uh, the Ravens, but didn't Tyler Boyd go to Pitt? Yes, he did. Okay. I'm impressed I even got that. Um, I'll see this play every once in a while, like on direct TV commercials, like when they show their NFL highlights. Bengals player caught a famous touchdown mm-hmm. and went to Coastal Carolina. A famous touchdown reception by a Bengals receiver. Mm-hmm. Cookies. This is fun. I hope the audience is uh, just screaming right now at the gym as they're listening to this. A famous touchdown by a Bengals receiver. I mean, the yeah, Bengals I, never went in the playoffs. Until I just last need to year. give it to you. Can I just give it to you so you can stop stressing about it? Yes, Jerome Simpson. Oh, Jerome Simpson, of course. Yeah, the, the famous touchdown where he did the the front flip into the end zone, landed on both feet. A uh, couple yeah. other guys, Josh I, no, Norman. Wasn't Jerome Simpson part of the crew that replaced Ocho Cinco and Terrell Owens after they had them for yes, yep. Then in 2011, they got A.J. Green, they had Jerome Simpson, they had mm-hmm. Andrew Hawkins, and then uh, Muhammad Sanu then, the next and year. Marvin Jones, yep. Oh, and then Marvin Jones, who's still yep. playing in the league, mm-hmm. made an insane catch for Jacksonville last week. Uh, most famous player ever from Coastal Carolina, Josh Norman. Wow, okay. That's a good call. Hey, uh, Josh Norman had a nice NFL career. This yeah. is way too much time on Coastal Carolina. Can we That's talk right. about the Thursday? We yeah, talk we'll about talk the a little more game. Thursday night. Okay, a couple quick quick hits, right? Uh, let's talk Bucks offense real quick. Sure. What, dysfunctional in the second half? 
you asked me about five days ago, you said, hey, if you had to pick one thing that's wrong with Tampa Bay, what do you think it is? And I said communication. Do you feel any differently after watching some of Tom Brady's reactions tonight? That's a big part. They're just so undisciplined, right? Like a perfect example is they're at the, I think it's the two-yard line. It's fourth and goal. They're going for it to, to try to get it to – what are they? I think they were down 11 at that point to try to cut it to a, you know, a field goal game and they get a false start and now they have to kick the field goal and it just makes the comeback so much harder. Um, yeah. To me, it's just, it looks like a very undisciplined offense, but to be honest with you, Elliot, I think the play calling is the biggest issue mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's the play sequencing. Um, I wanted to do this just little thing that I took notes on as this game was going on. Tampa Bay's offense looked, pretty good in the first quarter corner half. Like they were moving the ball up and down the field. And I don't know if this is because of Byron Leftwich or if it's because of Todd Bowles, but once they got up 10 to three, their offense basically went into a shell. These are the drives, a three, three play drive that started off run, run, pass, punt, next drive, three play drive, run, run, screen pass that was uh, deflected. Um, First drive after halftime, Run, or sorry, it was a big play, a big passing play. Run, run, incompletion. Like, let Tom Brady throw the ball on first down. Let him get in rhythm. Let him throw some play action stuff across the middle. This is not a running team anymore. And I feel like when now that Bruce Arians is gone, Todd Bowles has turned this into, hey, let's let's run the ball. Let's be conservative on offense and lean on their defense. And they just don't have that defense anymore to play that style of football. Uh, I'm with you. I, I would like to point out just one play in particular would be the two-point conversion try. They're late in the game. They're down. Ridiculous. Yeah. The, so they're they're down 11. Uh, they need a touchdown and a field goal. They get the touchdown. Uh, Tom Brady throws a good ball to the tight end, and he drops it. Now, he was getting manhandled in the end zone. I don't know how they didn't call holding. on. They called holding on a different defender, not on the one that was holding him. I yeah. think Clark was holding him. And, But even though he got held, he wriggled free, and he just tried to catch the ball awkwardly and tried to like it was weird. hold it up yeah. against his shoulder pad. And I thought, people are not going to pay attention to that drop because of the penalty. But it, it, this next play is a bad play call, and sure enough, the next – play call stunk it was a run that the Ravens absolutely blew up and I I guess they were trying to catch the Ravens napping but here's the deal they haven't been able to run the ball effectively all night did the Bucs even break 50 yards rushing tonight happening on Twitter right now is everybody's dunking on Tom Brady for why did you come back if you're going to play like this and they're three and five and blah 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 I I thought he played well in this game I don't want to say he was great or anything like that but he is like the least of Tampa Bay's problems right now. I, I just I don't think he looks all that different from what we saw last year. It's just this, the rest of the team is so much worse. Well, you're not getting big plays down the field. Mike Evans is the only guy that really had it seemed like chunk plays tonight. Um, how about the run defense, man? When you when you've got to have a stop at the end of the game, and you let Kenyon Drake go for 52. They were instantly in field goal range. And when you play the Ravens, that's an automatic. That's an automatic. And they're not getting any pass rush. And things are only going to get worse for Tampa Bay because Todd Bowles, after the game, announced that Shaq Barrett tore his Achilles. So he'll obviously be out for the season. 
I don't know what this team is going to get a pass rush. Like he was the only guy that could could generate some. Allie, this I, I, it's officially time to be worried about this Tampa team because they look old. They look really slow on defense. Um, the offensive line's not getting any better. I don't know. I I would be awfully concerned, and I'm I'm just not concerned about Brady. Like he's the one thing that I think he's been fine. I don't think he's been great, but he's been fine. You know, one of the things I heard it on the broadcast, I listened to both Sirius's uh, radio broadcast tonight, and then I also listened to, obviously, the, the Amazon Prime. And they both brought up that Tom Brady hasn't lost this many starts in a row since the 2002 season. And I wish they would have given a little bit of context because the 2002 uh, Patriots were actually an odd team. They went 9-7, and seven and they missed the postseason. And that was the year after they beat the Rams. And there was real question back then, like, hey, these guys really aren't that good. Like, that was an aberration in 2001. 2003, they release Lawyer Malloy. They play Buffalo, and they get beat, Marcus, like 38 to nothing or something in week one. Do you remember this? I do. I do. People were saying that the team quit on Bill Belichick. And obviously, history went totally the opposite direction but it's not like in 2001 the legend of tom brady was born and there was no questioning about it very much a lot of question the next year although brady actually played pretty well um to be 20 years though to go that long without losing that many rows is uh really impressive you and i talk team building all the time and something happened tonight that i want to touch on in regards to us talking about team building I often say to you, hey, what's the goal? And you often talk about developing the quarterback, and sometimes you got to sacrifice uh, mm-hmm. to see if your quarterback is your guy or not because these drafts only come around once a year, and mm-hmm. you've got to be able to position yourself, and you can't do that if you can't evaluate properly. And you evaluate properly by having a larger catalog of games. That's why you don't sit young quarterbacks. I'm trying to encapsulate your football mm-hmm. no, world. No, you're good view. so far. Yep. Okay. But sometimes I think a team has just got to go for it. Baltimore's got Lamar Jackson right now. They probably feel like we've got to go for it. So you spend a little bit of money and you bring a guy like Justin Houston in. Justin Houston had two sacks tonight. He had uh, two sacks last week against Cleveland. He had one sack in his first game and one sack in his second game. He's played five games this year, Marcus. He's got one game without a sack. That was against the Patriots when they, I, I'd have to look at their pass attempts. I bet you they didn't throw the ball very no. much. He's got six sacks, man, in five games. Why don't more teams go get uh, Robert Quinn and trade for him or try? Why isn't there a huge market for him? Why, why not go get a Justin Houston? You can never have enough pass rushers because you rotate these guys in and out to have fresh legs. What do you think it is? First of all, I completely agree. Like that's, I mean, Baltimore signed Justin Houston was it last year, two years ago. He's been there for a few years now, but it seems like they've always got him. Third season there, I think they're always bringing him back on one year deals, and it's smart. It it really doesn't cost you anything but a little bit of space in the cap, right? But there are so many teams that feel like that would be a progress stopper, right? Oh, he's eating up 40 pass rush snaps a game. We want our second round pick to get those snaps. Um, but when you're the Ravens and the goal is to win a Super Bowl, 
not really worried about whether your second round pick is on the field on third and nine. You just want the guy that can best get to the quarterback. So I, I do applaud the teams like the Eagles and the, the Ravens. And we've seen the chiefs do this last year with like Melvin Ingram, right? They went out and signed Melvin Ingram and they made a big impact for their defense. I think teams that have, Obvious chances to win a Super Bowl should be more aggressive in making moves like that. Some teams don't want to bring in a 35-year-old guy. I'll have to look up to see exactly how old Justin Houston is now, but they don't want to bring in a guy like that. But let's say you bring in, you're a contender, you bring in a 35-year-old pass rusher, and he gives you six sacks on the season on the cheap. You'll take that. All day. Yep. <laughs> He's already got six sacks. Right now, and by the way, this is not like an unknown commodity. If you're not like super familiar with Justin Houston, uh, this is a guy that once had 22 sacks in a season. Career sacks now for Justin Houston. I I really want. Wow, he's uh so he got his 107th and 108th uh, sacks night. There are guys in the Hall of Fame with less sacks than that, bro. Yep. yep. Um, and as far go ahead. I said the way that NFL teams view this is they typically pay in free agency about $2 million per sack, right? Because if you figure somebody gets, you know, 10 sacks a year, they're going to get $20 million, right? If they get 12 sacks a year, that's a typically a $24 million pass rusher. Case of Justin Houston, they're paying him $12 million this year total. And you're, how many sacks does he have already? He's got six. So there you go. You've already got your money worth right there. Anything extra is just gravy, right? That's right. You know, so uh, they signed him in 2021. So this is actually his second year there. So last year he had four and a half sacks in 15 games, 34 tackles, six tackles for a loss. Um, you know, he had 17 QB hits. I mean, th- those are decent numbers for a guy, again, that you're getting on the cheap. Now he's got six sacks already on this season. He'll be 34 in January, which probably scares a few teams off. I'm sure there's some scouts and and personnel directors, they're like, okay, this guy doesn't have any legs left. When you play them 20 to 25 snaps a game, you'd be amazed how guys' legs come back. Uh, I actually misspoke. That's not his contract. Um, he signed this offseason a one-year $3.5 million deal. You know, and here's the thing. We've talked about this before. Now, we were talking more about maybe the $5 million a year player, but we talked about how there's not really a lot, much of a middle class in the NFL. Mm-hmm. What can you get a third round pass rusher for in a rookie deal cheaper than 3.5 million a year? That's the thing. Yep. And and they'll play special teams potentially. And, and, which for you. Houston won't do. And I think you have to limit a step, snap some. But who cares? Who cares? Who cares? If, if if a guy can get you, what do we think Houston's gonna end up with? Nine sacks ish this year? I mean, dude, they've still got over half the season to play. Let, can, let's say it's let's that. say it's ten, right? Yeah. And you're paying that guy three and a half million. That's how you you win in the margins in the NFL, and that's how you build Super Bowl caliber teams. Okay, I want to ask you about another guy uh, on the Ravens defense who made some plays tonight. Did you see all the pass deflections of Tom Brady at the line? Broderick Washington, right, was yes. the, the player that made. I think he had three of them in this game. Uh, yeah, actually, at my the, my kind of viewing party when we were watching this game, I you always have a party. I know. I was telling my brother. I said, "Man, Baltimore's defensive tackles cannot generate any pass rush," and I couldn't. Doesn't mean you can't find ways to impact the game, right? Yeah, Roger Washington. I don't even know if he had a single pass rush win in this game, 
but he had three huge plays just by sticking his huge mitts up in the air. So change the game. Wow, he's born in Longview, Texas. I know where Longview, Texas is. Uh, Broderick Washington is listed at 6'3". They said on the broadcast that he was 6'2", and I think it was Kirk Herbstreet was expressing surprise that he could deflect the ball at the line. It's kind of interesting. Growing up in Dallas, I grew up with Tutal Jones, who was 6'9". Tutal Jones deflected a ridiculous amount of passes in his career. Now, they have no official number, but I know in 1984 he deflected 16. And I think he had another year that he deflected 16, which is a ton. And they always made the excuse that it's because he was tall. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of defensive linemen that are tall. It's about anticipation. Uh, because look at Washington. He's six foot two, six foot three, and he's deflecting passes at the line. It's about getting your hands up uh, important times. And um, I just think those plays are really underrated. They're not the kind of thing that you see in the box score, and they made a little bit of a difference tonight. So those are just a couple yeah. little observations I had. Two, I have two big picture things, one from each team, um, and then we, we good. Uh, let's start with Baltimore. They won, right? So they're five and three. Um, do you trust them going forward? And when I mean trust, like not are they going to win the Super Bowl or they're going to get there, but do you trust that they're going to be able to be – to win 10-ish games this year? I'm fine with them going 10 and 7. I think that's doable with their 5 and 3 now. 5 and Um, 3, yep. Yeah, so that would mean that they go 5 and 4, you know, down the stretch. We can look at their schedule. I'll I'll read you their schedule in just a second. All right, here we go. Uh, They play next Monday night against the Saints in New Orleans. I'll give them a win there. New Orleans hasn't really been playing well. Uh, they've got their bye after that. Then they play home against Carolina. Yeah, seven and three at Jacksonville. Eight and three home against the Broncos. Nine and three at Pittsburgh. I'll give them a loss there because Pittsburgh usually plays them tough. Nine and four at Cleveland. I'll go nine and five home against the Falcons. I'll give them a win, although Atlanta's been so tough. Ten yeah. and five. Uh, home against the Steelers on New Year's Day. Yeah, give them another win, 11-5, and five, split with Pittsburgh. At the Bengals, week 18. I'll give them a loss, 11-6. and six. Is that fair? Feels, if I, I think 10.5 is like the number that I would set the, the over-under on them right now. Yeah, I mean, we gave them a split with Pittsburgh. They could easily sweep Pittsburgh. Sure. Uh, they they could probably. lose down in New Orleans. Uh, it's, it's tough to really gauge. That's the big one. Like, if they win that game and they're going into their bye and they're starting to get some of these guys healthy. And they're 6-3. and three. And they're they're six and three with the Panthers, Jags, and Broncos, Steelers. Oh, the next four teams, goodness. they're going to be sitting really well. So we we don't think they're a Super Bowl contender, but they're going to be a playoff team. You know what the problem for them is, though, is in. I mean, Deshaun Watson could be rusty when they play him. Uh, by the time they actually play a good quarterback, it's going to be Joe Burrow, right? We get. We, we'll see if they, even that game matters, right? Like if, if that you, game even matters. So if you play all these quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence has been up and down. Uh, the the other teams you named, it's, it's all struggling quarterbacks. You're looking at Pickett, right? You're looking I'll, at PJ Walker, here, Marcus Mariota, projected quarterbacks. Yep, Andy Dalton, PJ Walker, Trevor Lawrence, Russell Wilson, Kenny Pickett, Deshaun Watson, Marcus Mariota, Kenny Pickett, Joe Burrow, Week 18. And a game um, that may not matter. Not very. It's going to be really tough to go up against all those quarterbacks, and then boom, playoffs. Who are you facing? A Josh Allen, a Patrick Mahomes. Uh, 
Now, granted, the Ravens will probably not play one of those two guys the first game, but they're going to play somebody that's better than who they've been playing uh, up to that point. Uh, In terms of Tampa Bay. Yes. I got a question for you. Yeah, you wanted to make you wanted to make a little yeah, go, go ahead. Um what do you do if you're Tampa Bay? You're three and five, right? You're in the worst division of football. That's the only reason that you still have a chance here. The trade deadline's Tuesday. Do you think about going out and trying to add a pass rusher? Do you think about trying to add, you know, somebody on the offensive line? Or do you go the other way and say, Hey, we we, we made our Super Bowl win in, in 2020. This just isn't our year, especially with some injuries. And do you move a guy like Levante David, who's on the last year of his contract, and try to get a draft pick? Do you move a Russell Gage, who's not playing a ton for them? Like, do you trade Leonard Fournette? What do you think? Oh man, that's really hard to say. As an organization, you have to have a really strong feel on where Tom Brady's at. Is this a potential thing that's going to go south and he retires? I don't think so. I don't think so. But there's no point in having a Tom Brady for this last year if you don't go for it. So, And you're not out of it. And if you put pieces together in a weak conference, Marcus, you can get hot. They could go 9-8 and eight or 8-9. Eight and nine. Let's say they go 8-9. and nine, They win the division. But then they play really well in like week 18 and they turn it on in the playoffs. I mean, how many how many really tough outs are they going to have in the in the NFC tournament if they're if they're playing well? Uh, not a lot. There's a couple issues with them kind of going forward. Number one, they are projected right now to be 40 million over the salary cap next year. I get it. But next year, you're not going to have Tom Brady. You well, can that's jump- you can that's dump even everybody with, next year. That's even with Tom Brady not counting against him. I understand. Cap. I'm saying there's no point in having Tom Brady right now if you're not going to go for it. I get I get it. They look terrible. But the bottom line is they're in the weakest division in the weakest conference. Am I wrong? No, I mean, certainly not wrong. Um, let's go through their schedule because okay. their schedule – is much more difficult than what you would think. Okay. Uh, they they play the at home against the Rams next week. I'm going to give them a win there. Four and home, five. Home against Seattle in Germany. Ugh. All right, I'll give them a loss since I'm giving a win to the Rams. So four and six. The following week, they play at Cleveland. That's going to be the. Is that going to be the last game? That's gonna be last game yeah. with Jacoby. Yeah, and that's a one o'clock one o'clock game. So you go from playing in Germany to a one o'clock in Cleveland game. God, then probably lose that one too. Honestly, Four next game, next game, uh, Monday Night Football at or home against the Saints, who always okay. play them tough. I know, but I'm gonna give them a win at home. Okay. Five and seven. Then they play at 49ers. Five and eight. Home against the Bengals. Oof. Five and nine. At the Cardinals on Christmas Day. I'll give them a win because I don't ever trust the Cardinals, period. Six Home against the Panthers at the Falcons, last two games of the season. Seven. So we're looking at eight and nine at best if the Falcons don't. I, That's I think, what's so hard. It's like, can, can you really convince yourself to continue to throw more money on a bad team? But who's going to catch them? 
The Saints are two and five right now. They're two and five. If they I, beat the Saints, it's over. Yeah, it is. But if the Saints They've already got a head to head against the Saints in New Orleans. The Saints I know. have to play at Tampa. Uh, listen, I, I know it's just it's one of those things where even if you win the division at eight and nine and you know you're not a good team, is it worth throwing more draft picks and more money on a team that you know is kind of hopeless? I mean when you have Brady, I know that changes the entire equation. And I know I'm probably wrong here, but man, there's part of me that would just say, let's just start the rebuild early because we're going to lose Levante David anyways. If we can save 12 million and get a mid round pick for him, it's great. See, and that's so sad, by the way. That's so sad. I know it's, it's Why a should bummer. Levante David play for another team. This is the problem with pro football. Uh, you know, a guy like Levante David should play his whole career with Tampa. I, I don't disagree, but when you when you're so reckless in spending, like I know. The, they the went Bucks for were, it. it. To be fair, it, it worked. worked. It worked. So I, you can't criticize them at all for it, right? They like, won the Super Bowl, and then they, they lost the, the narrow they, divisional they, playoff game. They did. The, they did what everybody's trying to accomplish. This is just now they have to pay the piper a little bit. Which again, it's okay. You you accomplished your goal. I just would be a little bit more honest about when. You should start doing that. You know what player they could really use? I'm not joking. Justin Houston. Yeah. I mean, certainly now, but Shaq Barrett gone for the year. Golly. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I wanted to say something to you about Tampa. What I was going to say is what what's the MO for Tampa going forward? Now, we were talking about organizational sense. As players, this kind of screams to me to have a players-only meeting. Now, I don't know what's really going on there, but – it just seems like they're out of sync. I see a lot of play. There's plays where Tom Brady is kind of yelling because some receiver didn't go where they were supposed to or with his lineman. And to me, especially if you're an older quarterback like that, get all the guys together in one room and say, hey, I wanted to call this meeting so we can air out any any problems that we're having. <clears throat> it starts with me. Uh, I've been airing a lot of you guys out. And if y'all need to air me out, now's the time to do it. Uh, let's just get it all out on the table because even though we've played like crap, we are still totally in this. And if we can get into the tournament, it's all a new season. And and to be honest, it really is a new season. Did anyone think last year that Cincinnati was going to go to the Super Bowl once they even went to the playoffs? No. I mean, no. they narrowly beat the Raiders. They They deserved to beat the Raiders, but it was a pretty close game. They went into Nashville and beat Nashville. I think just about everybody predict, predicted Tennessee to win that game. And you had Derrick Henry uh, back. Mm-hmm. And then the AFC Championship, they went into Kansas City and beat Patrick Mahomes. So why couldn't Tampa Bay get hot, win a wild card game out in Seattle against Geno Smith, win the next round against the Cowboys, who always flub in the playoffs? Sorry. you know. And then it's up to them playing Philadelphia in the championship. Yeah, I, I, listen, I, I think they could. It's just I, I don't know how likely it is. I, this team, it's just a really old team, and you're starting to see them already get worn down as the years has gone. They, they almost look worse and worse every single week. That's, that's the problem. I, they, they've, they've got to decide by Tuesday what they want to do with this team. Do we want to continue to try to go for it, or do we think about moving some pieces? What would you do? 
I would move pieces. They can't compete with. I mean, even if they got through the NFC, they can't compete with the Bills and Chiefs. They're just they're just not that team. I we know Brady's not coming back after this year, not to Tampa at least. If I could get some draft picks, save some cap space, and maybe try to make a run for a quarterback next year to rebuild, I think I would. So you don't think a trip to the Super Bowl and an L is worth it? No, it absolutely is. Oh, you say I don't. I don't oh, know. That, that was a oh, good question. I, I thought you, yes. If if they could make it to the Super Bowl, yes. The problem is, is I. That's like one of the best case scenarios is you get to the Super Bowl and get obliterated by the Chiefs or the Bills, right? <laughs> Seriously, like that's one of the best case scenarios. I think it's more more likely that they try to let's say they trade a second round pick for name a pass rusher and they go eight and nine and they barely win the division and they get clobbered in the first round by whoever, the 49ers, right? I yeah. don't think that does anybody any good. I know they lost the Super Bowl last year, but if last year's Bengals Super Bowl team played this Bucks team right now, they would <laughs> this wouldn't even be a contest. So and that's the thing is it may not even be what I'm saying is it may not even have to be the Bills or the Chiefs to 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 blow. And that's the thing the is they could get matched up against the the Rams in the first round of the playoffs and just get smoked off the field, you know. Yeah, I actually think you had it right the first time with the 49ers because yep. if they can't stop Kenyon Drake when no. they have to late in the game, what are they going to do with that 49ers Nothing. rushing attack, Debo and Christian McCaffrey coming at him? Good luck. Um, that's all I've got, man. I um, you got. I got a question for you before we head out. The future of the Bucks. Go ahead. Uh, what's the last football game you've been to? Oh, boy. In person, in person game. It's probably a Super Bowl. Honestly, um, I went to Super Bowl forty nine. Why did I go? What did I? Uh, I know I went to something after that, but that's the last one I'm thinking of. I always because when I worked for the league, I always just went to Super Bowls. I didn't. I I never had the chance. Were you on? Oh were wait, you in the I, class I, do, do we count preseason? Because I went to sure. the Hall of Fame yeah. game. Yeah, my last game was a Hall of Fame game about. Uh, five years ago, I would say it's my last in-person Played game. Played flag football in that field this year. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> I did. Kick the field goal it was nice. Uh, I, I ask you that because I'm going to my second ever NFL game. This might shock you that I've only ever been to one NFL game before. Did I tell you this? Now, what what was the only NFL game you ever went to? Thank you for asking. Uh, it, <laughs> this would be uh, Geno Smith's first start ever in Buffalo. Jets Bills in 2013. Mm-hmm. It was Geno Smith against EJ Manuel, and it was so windy there. Yeah, the, the the ball he EJ Manuel would throw a ball in the air, and it would somehow magically drift to Marquise Goodwin. I, I vaguely remember this game. Uh, Marquise Goodwin had a monster game, and the Bills absolutely crushed the Jets. You, you remember when the Bills had they had Tyrod? I want to say it was like 2014, maybe 14 or 15, probably 14. They had Marquise Goodwin, mm-hmm. Sammy Watkins, mm-hmm. um, Robert Woods, and Chris Hogan. It's a pretty good receiver core. Those were their four receivers. Yeah. Like, how in the world can you guys not do this with yeah. these guys? Uh, uh, the worst receiver of that group was probably Hogan, and he had a nice career. Yeah, he had a really nice career with New England. And um, Goodwin made a heck of a play uh, last week. Yeah. Did you I, watch I know it's kind of shocking. It, 
it, it, it's just shocking to me that there's actually from 2013, there's still a lot of players left in the NFL from that game, which I just, I thought was interesting. Did so, Good, Goodwin have two touchdowns last week? He, uh, he, I know he had at least one, but this was the, the game that I saw. Goodwin was incredible. Um, so I, I say all that because I'm going to Packers bills on Sunday night football. I'm going to be cool. like, I'm in the end zone, like three rows up. So you'd see me kind of bobbing my head there. I'm excited. I haven't been, I've never been to a night game before. So can you name a guy that played for both the Packers and the bills? Sammy Watkins. Oh, that's, that's so lame. Micah Hyde, bro. Oh, that's a good one. Bryce Pop was a pass rusher in the 90s. He played for both. There you go. You're doing a great. Marshawn Lynch did not. Uh, Almost, right? Did Marshawn play for the Packers? I don't think so. He almost almost got traded to the Packers. Didn't he? He did almost get traded there, but I don't think he actually – did he actually ever play there? No, I I don't think he did. I've got to know. I don't think so, though. No, I'm pretty sure he didn't. Do you remember – you know, I just thought of this, and then then we really – we're going to rock, but – it must just disgust you to think that the Bills spent a first-round pick on a running back that didn't even play for a whole year. <laughs> Willis McGahee. Yeah, I I thought you were going to say C.J. Spiller. Then I remember that they didn't use Spiller really that much either. Um, no, but McGahee literally sat yeah, out. Yeah, because he, he had the knee injury in college yes. in his final game. Yeah. Yes, that's like the ultimate Marcus it, nightmare. Spend a first round pick on a back that's not even going to play the. First yeah, and remember too, like it was a serious, serious knee injury. It wasn't just your standard ACL or whatever. Um, but you know the thing is, Willis McGay, he was okay for Buffalo. Is that fair? Okay. Yeah. Well, he but got he was great for Baltimore, though. He got he got a little Marcus Mosher revenge on running backs. Don't matter when the Cowboys were closing down historic Texas Stadium. I wasn't so mad about that one. I was more (laughs) mad about Ron McClain. But, yeah, I mean, I get the point. Didn't they go back-to-back drives with, like, 60- or 80-yard touchdown runs? Yeah. So, so, so depressing. Okay. Thank you. That's it. Do you have a final thought? That was my final thought. Just uh, I'm I'm really excited to go to – my first ever game was to see E.J. Manuel against Geno Smith, rookie Geno Smith. (laughs) Slight improvement. Yeah, now I get to see Aaron Rodgers against Josh Allen. This is a little different. Tickets are only about 80 times more expensive, though, now. Mason Crosby is going to hit three really long field goals in this game. Can't wait. And it's going to be kind of uglier than you think. I'm going to catch them all. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, With that, he is the host of Locked On Cowboys with Landon McCool. Give Landon a follow. uh, And also covers the Raiders for USA Today. He is at Marcus underscore Mosher. I am at Harrison NFL. And uh, we really appreciate you guys uh, listening to our podcast. Maybe you can listen to it tonight if you're staying up. Uh, If not, enjoy your drive to work tomorrow and your football weekend, and we will catch you on the flip side for the Power Rankings podcast uh, next week. Talk to you soon. That's right.